How great is it when a franchise and a former player reconcile after having a falling out? And what about in our own lives? Can we experience forgiveness and reconciliation? Let's unpack it. This is the Unpacking It podcast, where we relate big sports stories to life and biblical truths. Our mission is to challenge, encourage, and inspire you to follow Jesus and become more like Him with sports conversations that truly matter. That's what I'm talking about! Coming to you from Charlotte, North Carolina. Hey, I just want to thank you guys one last time for being here. It's the best day ever. Here is the president of Unpacking It Ministries, Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack parallels metaphors and topics in sports that relate to life and faith. I'm Bryce Johnson with Luke Heaton on today's episode. We are unpacking Calvin Johnson and the Lions, repairing their relationship and why it's possible for us to forgive those who have hurt us a lot here. All of us can relate to this topic. And also from a sports perspective, we'll look at some other players and teams that that maybe have had fractured relationships some of those have been able to mend and, and reconcile. Others are still in process. And so we'll discuss all of that. Uh, be sure to check out our website, unpackingit.com. There you can subscribe to our weekday email devotional, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And we take a sports story related to the Bible, related to life, and we send that to you. So subscribe for free. Also, coming up this fall, Fantasy Football Fellowship is back. And so right now we are looking for churches to participate in Fantasy Football Fellowship. And so encourage you to make your church aware uh, of Fantasy Football Fellowship. So go to fantasyfootballfellowship.com, find out all the information. And then also, if you want to bring Fantasy Football Fellowship to your current fantasy league that you've been in for a number of years, uh, participate as well. And so we've got content that takes you through the entire season, fantasy concepts that relate to the Bible and life that are designed for you and your league to discuss in a, in a weekly format like a small group. And, and so, again, fantasyfootballfellowship.com. And we got a bunch of new stuff on the website, and, and we're really excited about it. We'll let you know later on, unpacking it, we'll run some of our own leagues uh, with, with Fantasy Football Fellowship as well, uh, but, but we'll talk about that a little bit later in the summer. And the podcast will be coming out soon as well. So make sure you're subscribed to the Fantasy Football Fellowship podcast uh, also. We are brought to you by Sugar Creek Coffee. Sugar Creek Coffee Roasters, they specialize in handcrafted, small batch, artesian roasted coffee. SugarCreekCoffee.com. Use the promo code UNPACK. Save a little bit of money. We also encourage you to order at least two bags. And, and so... From a, a shipping standpoint, it makes more sense. And so check that out. Uh, they don't roast until you actually place an order, so you can be assured the freshest roasted coffee is delivered to your door. Try multiple blends. Figure out the one that you like best, but it is delicious. Luke and I enjoy it and makes the, the morning coffee uh, even better for you. Um, so we appreciate SugarCreekCoffee.com. And, and again, you can use the promo code UNPACK. All right, so the NBA Finals have, have wrapped up. We did a couple podcasts about 
one on the Nuggets, one on the Heat. So I encourage you to check out uh, those podcasts. Uh, today, we've got a little bit of an interesting topic, uh, a little bit off the off the main main road a little bit, but I'm a huge Calvin Johnson fan. And, and so we're going to talk about him and the relationship uh, between him and, and the Lions. And, and so let, let's bring on Luke and, and we'll, we'll dive into this because as sports fans, when we think about certain franchises, players immediately come to mind, you know, the legends. And, and, and if you're like me, after these players retire, you love seeing them involved somehow whether they, they move to the front office, whether they join the coaching staff, whether they're sort of an ambassador and you know, they're in the owner's suite during games or they're in the community uh, and still you know, very much a part of everything that kind of goes on, not only with the team, but beyond as well. And they're just connected. They remain connected. But every once in a while, hmm. it changes. And all of a sudden, you see, wait, this star player, isn't, he doesn't have, he's not on good terms with, with this team. And, and sometimes it's because a team moved on from a player before they were ready to retire, and they thought, eh, we're, we've, we're done, we've, we've, we've had it for a long time, but it's over. Mm-hmm. Or other times it's because they, get, you know, they trade a, a marquee player. And even though they, they, they finished their career somewhere else, nobody remembers those years. They always remember where they spent the majority of their career, where they experienced the most success. And so as fans, we want to see – the reconciliation. We want to see star players that are known to be on, be a part of a certain franchise to always be that way. And 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 so uh it appears that that Calvin Johnson and the Lions are heading that direction. Uh but who are some some players that come to mind for you Luke that that maybe at one point there was a fracture in the relationship uh or or maybe even you're hoping that they will reconcile. Well I'll I'll first discuss uh, on the other hand uh players in situations that have done the opposite one i gotta shout out dirk the the greatest maverick is now part of the front office him and michael finley are part of the front office yes which is amazing we want as much of dirk as we can get we want him in (laughs) dallas and i think of you too it felt like coach k was one of the i mean duke had this system of if you play for duke you will be an assistant coach for me and Coach K did that. So you're seeing some of your favorite players join his coaching staff for the longest time, which is really cool. Um, so I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. I have, uh, and before I answer the first question. Well, no, I love it. And I just love, like, so Del Curry, one of my favorite Hornets players growing up. He's on the broadcast, the TV broadcast locally for the Hornets. And so anytime the players are a part of the mix, it's great because it just, they're a part of the family. And as a fan, you feel like, hey, this is my franchise. I'm a part of it. This is my city. And, and we want the players to forever be connected. And so when there's uh, you know, a, a broken relationship within the family, yeah, we don't like that. It's mm-hmm. it's no good. Um, and so, like for instance, growing up, Larry Johnson, there was an issue. Like they, they the different they end up the Hornets traded him. He went he went away. Um, and even Alonzo Mourning, he got traded away to Miami. Uh, Johnson to the Knicks but in recent years at different milestones for the franchise they've come back and been a part of it they don't live in Charlotte but I've seen Larry Johnson at a Muggsy Bogues event Muggsy's still a part of the franchise in a big way so anyway I love all that stuff and with yeah. Coach K and yeah any any college program especially that bring back players and they're a part of things 
Uh, look at the Miami Heat. Karan Butler, Keith Askins. Yeah. Donis Haslam has been there forever, even as a player. But, True. but with yeah. a part of that, that culture, uh, yep. Alonzo Mourning, Pat Riley, they're all still there. They're all connected. Yep. And, and even Dwayne Wade back in the building. Yeah. Of course, even though never a major U- fracture. Utah Jazz part owner, which is interesting. So bizarre. Yeah, so, so bizarre. A-Rod a- owning the Timber owning part of the Timberwolves <laughs> and Dwayne Wade owning part of the Utah Jazz. A-Rod's got to be both of them got to be regretting those those decisions. Maybe not financially, but success-wise, <laughs> oh. looking grim. Uh but on the other side of the things, you know, I think it, keeping it in the NBA family, the kind of bizarre situation between Ray Allen and then Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. Yeah. I don't know if necessarily the Boston franchise or fans like disliked Ray Allen as much, but for sure that championship team felt betrayed by Ray Allen for going to the Heat. That's right. After their success together from the 2008 championship. But they seem to have reconciled. Yes. The big three. But it, it, took, it took a while. Long, yeah. long time. Yes, no, no question. Um, and you know, I think about Allen Iverson, the uh, Allen Iverson and the Sixers. Uh, I still need to watch that documentary that just came out about AI. Um, oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, yeah. Actually, when you say AI now, of course, it's artificial intelligence. <laughs> Everybody's talking about that. Good you. AI to me, still <laughs> Allen Iverson. He's the answer. Sports um, fans are the most hurt by art- artificial intelligence. That's we got to preserve AI. That's right. Um, but but also like uh, here with the Panthers, Steve Smith when he left, uh, that was not a great ending, and that and that relationship was fractured. But since then, he's back in the building. He's a part of things. He's a part of the community here in Charlotte. Uh, so that was great news. But then a couple other lingering relationships. You've got Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. You got yeah. Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley. Mm-hmm. There's something a little weird between Peyton Manning and Indy. Uh, Peyton seems to be all in on Denver. That's oh, where he even he yeah personally he's, he's he's set up shop in Denver. He was at yeah, the the game five. And he's oh, yeah. he's all about Denver. So so something's there. I don't know. I, I don't know the full full story there. Uh, years ago, Tiki Barber and the Giants. Um, you know Brett Favre back with Green Bay. Now everybody's against Brett Favre. It seems. <laughs> then you got Aaron Rodgers. We'll see if they're ever able to to reconcile later yeah, down the be line. Interesting. Uh, LeBron in Cleveland, you know, they LeBron left, then came back to Cleveland. Yep. Not sure where they stand now after he left again to go to LA. Um, huh. but but all these different you know relationships are out there, some are fractured, but but many have taken the process toward reconciliation. And part of that is forgiveness, which which we'll, we'll, we'll get into from a spiritual standpoint here soon. But the reason the story came up was Calvin Johnson, during kind of OTAs in the offseason, and then this past weekend, uh, he was showing up at OTAs, kind of back in the building after years of really anger toward the franchise because they made him pay back a certain amount, I think over a million dollars of his signing bonus once he retired. He retired early. Uh, he was still a young wide receiver. He was still at the top of, the, of his game, top of fantasy football, top of the league. He was a legend, but he retired early. Um, and then that relationship soured in a big way. Uh, that was also kind of the case with Barry Sanders, but it seems like they've worked through that. Yeah, um, something in the in the water in Detroit. Not great. Interesting. Not great for Detroit. Yeah. But over the weekend, uh, he he brought his football camp to the practice facility with the Lions, so they let him use it. He's back, you know, back a part of things. I think he still has an issue with maybe 
someone in the front office, but then other people in the front office, he, he's working through it. But with all that said, I was reading an article on ESPN.com, and they interviewed Warren Sapp. So how Warren Sapp is connected to all this is kind of bizarre <laughs> and, and all that. But what he said I thought was really cool. So here's what ESPN.com says. Fellow Hall of Famer Warren Sapp was among the many former pros to assist at Johnson's Camp Sunday. Sapp called it a beautiful thing whenever an organization brings back one of their signature players. Sapp said, uh, Barry didn't end too well either up here. So it's just one of those things where we're grown now. Let's let bygones be bygones and let's just move on because it's a better and bigger purpose out there. And so I love that perspective. I love the process that the, the Lions and Calvin Johnson are going through. Ultimately, Calvin's going to have to forgive the Lions and embrace being a part of the franchise, being a part of the community again. And, and so will he you know, really be willing to move forward and, and all that? Um, and so in sports, you know, we joke about some of these relationships and, and the fractures, and a lot of times it's about money and ego and all that kind of thing. But there's so much to relate to our own lives because all of us have relationships. All of us have a battle between ego and pride and will we forgive, will we not forgive? Will we hold on to bitterness and anger and grudges or will we let go? Will we let bygones be bygones? I don't even know what that means, but I do know what it means, <laughs> what he's saying. But, but will, we, will, will we, we do that? And, and he, let me just say this too. When, when we talk about our own lives and some of the pain and the hurt that we've experienced in relationships from our parents, from people close to us, it marriages, this is heavy, heavy stuff. And the idea of forgiveness for many people is it's outrageous. It's like, no way. I'm never forgiving. I can't mm -hmm. let that go. They hurt me too much. I'm, I'm never going to you know, let them off the hook and, and all of those things. Very real. And, and so we're, we're comparing it to a uh, million dollars, you know, being angry about a million dollars from an NFL player. But here's the thing, the principle. And, and as we dive into the word, God's word, the principle is the same, regardless of the severity of, of the hurt and the pain. Now mm -hmm. the process and how long it takes and how much we need to rely on the Holy spirit. Either way, we got to rely on the Holy spirit to change our hearts and to allow us to forgive uh, but maybe the <laughs> the level of that may change to us for, for certain circumstances and certain relationships. But the principle is this. If we have experienced Jesus, his grace, his forgiveness, his mercy toward us, and we're a follower of Jesus, we must forgive, period. We must forgive. That's what we're called to. And, and so... Um, I'll, I'll let you jump in here, and then we'll we'll look at a, at a couple key verses. Yeah, I think in in any conversation about forgiveness, the idea that we should forgive is not based on any willpower or anything. Before we even talk about the practical things on forgiving, what it means, how we should go about it, if we don't start with the truth of the gospel, we forgiveness is not even a possibility because why would we forgive if we first haven't understood that we've been forgiven mm. that through the life death and resurrection of Jesus 
we have been forgiven and made right with God. Mm. So forgiveness isn't a, a a thing that we should just do. It, it's an outflow of an understanding that we've been forgiven. Mm. And if we've understood what we've been forgiven from, then forgiving others is is the logical thing to come next. I mean, we look at like Romans 5 talking about that not very often someone will die for a good person, let alone a bad person. And we know that God loves us because Christ died for us while we were still sinners. That's a, that's a heavy thing. Mm. Like we are sinners. That's a, that's a serious thing. And yet we've still been forgiven. By a perfect God. Yes. So understanding, we have to start with the gospel and understand and receive God's forgiveness. Then now we can forgive others because we know what we've been forgiven for. But if we don't start with the gospel, forgiving others is impossible Mm. because we also haven't been given a new mind and a new heart that allows us to forgive. Mm. So we, we must start with the truth of the gospel. Amen. Absolutely. So let's dive into Colossians 3, 12 and 13, Amplified. So, as God's own chosen people who are holy, set apart, sanctified for His purpose, and well-beloved by God Himself, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, which has the power to endure whatever injustice or unpleasantness comes with good temper, bearing graciously with one another and willingly forgiving each other if one has a cause for complaint against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so should you forgive. And again, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so should you forgive. And so I absolutely believe in this. I think it's true. And I I think it, it is the response. If Jesus has forgiven me, I forgive others. But like you, I know how hard it is. I know how difficult it is. It's like, no, they hurt me too bad. No, they don't deserve for me to forgive. No, I don't want to. And, and we, we, have, we, we, we hold on to all these reasons for why we can't or won't, or we allow the bitterness and the, and the anger to be too strong in, in our life that, that we just can't even get to that point of forgiveness. And that's why, like Luke was saying, we have to go back to the gospel, back to the cross, what Jesus has done for us. And because he's, he's freed us and, and, and pours down, like we have to think about the grace and the mercy that pours down on us. And then he continues to forgive us. You know, we, re- we receive salvation. And then we continue to live in this broken world and we continue to need that forgiveness um, in an ongoing way. And he continues to pour that on us. And so we then have to do that for others. And it's such an example of what has happened in our own lives, the the, the reality, the understanding that Jesus has forgiven us, then we demonstrate that. And then people can see, man, how did you you forgive that person? Well, well, Jesus has forgiven me for 36 years of shenanigans. (laughs) And so absolutely I can forgive him. Yeah. and that's the that's the perspective that we have to continue to go back to. We have mm-hmm. To continue to go back to. There's a there was a Gospel Coalition article looking at how Tim Keller's many works on forgiveness and uh, just to echo what we've been saying, he says this: Tim Keller shows that the key to grasping forgiveness on a human level is to ground it in God's forgiveness available through Christ's cross. Apart from this vertical source, 
human forgiveness essentially is a farce, unable to provide reconciliation or combat injustice in an evil world. Mm. So again, the idea that we can just muster up forgiveness, no chance. No, it has yeah. to be rooted in the power of the Holy Spirit and an understanding of we've been forgiven, therefore we forgive. Because I think that that's a great that's a, a a great way to phrase it. How you did of, oh, I've been look at all I've been forgiven for. Of course I can forgive. Now, mm-hmm. it's 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 difficult because we still battle the flesh. We still we have real hurt that we're mm-hmm. dealing with. So it's not as simple as I press the forgive button and now it's it's fine. But we can affirm the reality of God's forgiven me. Therefore, I can forgive this person. Yes. It may take time. I may mm-hmm. not feel it for a long time, but I am able to because of my forgiveness that God has given me. Absolutely. And there and there has to be a healing process too. It's not just, oh, hey, don't worry about it. No big deal. If we've been hurt and there's pain there, that has to be dealt with. And it has to be dealt with, with, with by bringing it to Jesus and allowing his healing power, his love, his grace to change us on the inside and then change our perspective on how we view what's been done to us. And, and we view it, you know, in light of the bigger perspective too, uh, in, in light of, man, this, this life is temporary. There's so much brokenness. The person that hurt me, they're dealing with their own brokenness. And, and when we, uh, free ourselves up from, the bondage of an unforgiving, an unforgiving heart. Oh man, we, we experience so much freedom and we're able to live in, in, in such a, a lighter way. But when we're, we're holding on to grudges and you know, we talked a few weeks ago about the chip on our shoulder and some of that factors into to that conversation mm-hmm. too. But when we are weighed down by un, an unwillingness to forgive, we're, we're not able to experience God in, in his fullness and in what's available to us. Um, and, and we're not available. We're not experiencing, yeah, that freedom, that peace, uh, as well, because we're hanging on to things, yeah. hanging on to, to, to grudges. Yeah, because if we're holding on to grudges and not forgiving others, how can we enjoy and rest in the forgiveness we've been given by God? Every time we forgive someone, it's another opportunity to rest and rejoice in the forgiveness God has given us. That's right. But if we're harboring these grudges and resentments and we're refusing to forgive, how can we possibly be thinking about and resting in the forgiveness we have from God? Mm. It doesn't seem to work together. Mm-mm. When we rest in God's forgiveness, we forgive others. But they seem to go together. But if they can't possibly be in different, like different directions. It doesn't work like that. So Mark eleven twenty five. 25... Uh, but when you are praying, first, forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. And so if we expect God to continue to forgive us, then we, we got to forgive others. And, and so uh, that, that's such a, a critical understanding for us to, to grasp. We don't have the right to, to, to not forgive. It's when we are in Christ and, and we want to experience all that that. that God offers us and, and his continued forgiveness um, from our, you know, kind of ongoing sins. Man, we come, we come before the Lord, we let go, we surrender, and, and, and 
forgive those that have hurt us. And then we're able to experience that, that forgiveness in a, in a very real way from him. Yep. The one commentary says the forgiven heart forgives others. Yep. And it, it goes on to say that and, and commenting on this verse in Mark 11, because when we first read it, it's, it's kind of scary, intimidating. What my prayer, when God's not going to hear my prayers, if I'm not forgiving others, but really it, it, like one way to look at it is we're never, to, the commentary says this, that we're never to place religious duty or ministry ahead of good relationships with people. And again, this idea of a forgiven heart forgives others. If we've understand, understood we've been forgiven, we forgive others. So we, we shouldn't just, I'm going to keep doing my thing with God and not really consider my relationships with people. I'm not mm. going to forgive that person. I'm going to keep doing this thing, just me and God. That's not how it works. No, mm. our, our relationship with God causes an outflow toward our relationships with people. It's that vertical relationship first that defines and dictates how we relate horizontally with people. Uh, they they have they go together in tandem. Which, ultimately, yeah, we're called to love. We're called to love. Yeah. So part of loving is forgiving. Mm-hmm. And and I, I think you wanted to bring up uh, the the love chapter of the of the Bible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, First Corinthians thirteen, love keeps no record of wrongs. That's an element of what it means to love someone. That's right. Now it doesn't mean no big deal. It doesn't mean casting away. Oh, oh that doesn't hurt me. There's real pain. There's real hurt but that doesn't mean we can't forgive. It doesn't mean, oh, now I trust this person completely. It doesn't mean that we can't remove ourselves from a, a dangerous situation. Uh, forgiveness, reconciliation is, is a two-party thing, but we can control, I say control, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can forgive. Mm-hmm. How someone responds to us forgiving them, do they want to reconcile or do they not? That's, that's up to them. But we can, we can control, we can forgive them. And then how they respond is up to them. We, we still may need to hold back, granting them trust immediately. We still may need to remove ourselves from a dangerous situation that's causing us hurt. But we still can forgive throughout that situation. And, and reconciliation, a key part of this. And you know, we have to go back to the idea that, that we're reconciled with God through Christ. And, and so we now live with the, the passion to help others be reconciled to God through Jesus. And so mm-hmm. we want to share that message uh, of reconciliation. And, and again, back to the, the overflow, then our desire, too, is to reconcile with people. We, we want good relationships. We want to love you know, everyone the best that we can. And, and when it is possible to put the work in to reconcile, we absolutely should and can and and can do that. Uh, again, like Luke said, if somebody's not willing to, then yeah, there's only so much we can do. But but are we willing to put the effort in to reconcile? Um, sometimes sometimes we have to forgive people that have actually already passed away, and mm-hmm. and many people you know continue to hold on to hurts from their parents, and sometimes those parents have passed away. But but the forgiveness is still in, in, in us, and so we have to be willing to forgive. And so maybe reconciliation isn't, isn't possible in that regard, uh, but it is possible to forgive and to be freed from all that that's holding us back from, you know, a long time ago from growing up thing, things that, that we experienced and dealt with uh, to be able to trust God and, and, and allow his power in us 
to be able to forgive in those situations. Yeah. But but I think as followers of Jesus, I'm, I'm very passionate about this. We we should desire to 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 be in good standing with people. Mm-hmm. And and I think about you know when you go to a a public place or you go back to your you know your hometown, you know maybe there's situations where you you burned a lot of bridges or you know things were things were tough or people hurt you and and you don't want to see certain people um and it's like you're looking around the corner you're like oh, I don't want to see that person oh, I don't want to deal with that person but what if we again relied on the power of God to to actually say you know what no I want to deal I, I want to deal with this situation with this person so that we can be in the same room together mm-hmm. especially when it comes to family and that, and this is this yeah. topic is huge in families oh, the huge. forgiveness that has to happen. And like, I'm not going to that family reunion. I'm not going to see, you know, that this or that. And it's like, no, no, no. As followers of Jesus, we want to put the work in and, and as God leads, as God stirs in us, as God changes our hearts, we lovingly seek reconciliation so that, that we don't walk around with burned bridges and, 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 you know, uncomfortable, well, not even uncomfortable, but just, you know, unforgiveness in our heart and not Mm -hmm. wanting to be around certain people. Yep. And, I think it's important. We're, we're talking about forgiveness. Just, I, I was reading a, another helpful quote. Um, it, it's a book. I can't remember the title of Tim Keller's book. It's about forgiveness, though. But he he explains three practical things of what forgiveness looks like. Because we're talking about it, and for some, even for me, I can think sometimes, what does it actually mean to, to forgive someone? Mm. Um, so he says this. He says, Ultimately, it's a promise before God not to take revenge on a wrongdoer for his or her sin against you. Making that promise entails three practical commitments. One, you promise not to constantly bring the sin up to the wrongdoer in order to to browbeat or punish them. Mm. Two, not to constantly bring up the sin up to other people in order to hurt the wrongdoer's reputation and relationship with others. And three, not to constantly bring up the sin to yourself not to keep the mm. anger hot, not to replay the video of it in your mind in order to cherish the feeling of nobility and virtue that comes from having been treated having been treated unjustly. And all three of those are difficult, if we're being honest, especially where we're in the midst of feeling the pain of being wronged. Mm. And but but those th- those three things are the practical aims as God leads us to forgiving someone, we're not constantly replaying the hurt in our mind. We're not bringing it up to other people to damage that person's reputation. We're not bringing it up to them to, to hold it over their head. Now, of course, do we seek justice uh, for, for many wrongs and hurts? Absolutely. But we're not aiming to seek vengeance. Mm. And it's important to make that distinction of when we forgive someone, we still often are going to seek justice for a hurt that that demands justice. But we trust God's seek- justice. Yes, ultimately God is handles justice. But we're not seeking vengeance towards someone. And, and an unver- and an unforgiving heart often seeks vengeance. Yeah, and it's I think too the the importance of compassion and and going back to that that verse too and it's like the hardest thing to think about somebody that hurt you actually showing them compassion. But but it's actually, you know, understanding that man, what they went through, what their childhood was like, like they're they're a victim from that, and then they treated me this way because of that. It doesn't justify it, doesn't let them off the hook, 
but you start to have compassion and understanding. And that's part of the process of, you know what, I, I can let this go. I, I can forgive them. Mm -hmm. Um, because yeah, you, you, there are a lot of layers to, to relationships are hard and messy, but, but if we can approach them with a biblical understanding and, and our own responsibility, ultimately, what is our responsibility? Our responsibility is, as followers of Jesus is to love others, to forgive others, and to show the same grace that we've been shown by Jesus, mm -hmm. show that to others. Yep. And, and that's, that, that's what it is. And, and so um, I, I'll, I'll read it again in, in, in Colossians uh, 3. Um, to put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, um, and bearing graciously with one another and willingly forgiving each other if one has a cause for complaint against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so should you forgive. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's the... The call for us. And again, it's, I don't want to make the, 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 the contrast between we can either pursue justice or forgive for many wrongs. There are punishments yes. that someone deserves. Yes. But even when someone is punished for their wrong, we can still forgive them. Forgiveness isn't at the expense of, oh, now they can't be punished for their wrong. For many yeah. things, there, there are consequences. There are punishments, but no matter if those happen or not, in our hearts and our minds, forgiving someone is still what we should be doing in yeah. light of we're sinners living in God's grace. Therefore, yep. we should forgive. It's what we're called, commanded to do. It's in response to what God has done for us, and it's also a huge blessing to us yeah. when we forgive. And it's hard to view it that way. It's like, I'm, I'm gonna, I know I got to hold on to this. I, I got to, no, no, no. When we, when we let go, like I said earlier, the, the peace that comes from that, the freedom that comes from that, the surrender that, 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 it, you know, God, I trust you with this. I, I, I can't, I can't do it on my own strength. I can't, I can't forgive this person on my own, but you're going to make it possible. And you're going to work in my heart to allow me to do this. And then I can move forward and going, we'll go all the way back to the sports analogy. The blessing that comes, you know, for Calvin Johnson, he now gets to be a part of the Lions again. Yeah, he gets to bring his camp there. He gets to interact with the new team, and him and Dan Campbell were former teammates, and so now he gets to be a part of this, you know, new era of the Detroit Lions. And if they happen to go in the Super Bowl, as crazy as it sounds, yeah, he gets to be a part of that now versus mm -hmm. holding on to the grudge and the anger of what they did when he retired and wanting the money back. And you move on from that. Yeah. And, and for us, the, the, the blessings that come from, especially when we forgive, and, and then we actually experience reconciliation with family members, oh, the blessings that come from that. Huge. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Huge. The Lions or Calvin Johnson, neither of them were benefiting from no. this lack of forgiveness. No. A guy like Calvin Johnson, legend for the Lions. Of yep. course. Does he want to be part of, of their franchise going forward as the legend carrying the torch? Of course. Do the Lions want Calvin as part of their future? as a representative, an ambassador for their franchise, one of the greats of the game? No doubt. But it takes forgiveness and reconciliation in order for that to happen. That's right. And for that to happen, of course, we trust the Lord, and, and it requires humility. We have to let go of the pride. It takes patience within us to, to get to that point of oh, true yeah. forgiveness. That, ta that takes time. And then it's determination. 
as we work through that process of forgiving and, and the process of healing. Because we want it to happen overnight, and, and sometimes it can, but, but oftentimes it's a, it's a much longer process of that. Yep. Um, and then ultimately, God gets the glory when, when we, sh- we demonstrate that. Mm-hmm. The person that we forgive, they, if, they, if we tell them, uh, then they get to see, oh, wow, I can't believe you forgave me. Yeah, God gets the glory for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even if we, even if, even if you can't tell the person and, you know, there are certain circumstances, God still gets the glory in that. Yep. Um, when we move from an unforgiving heart to a forgiving heart. And last thing I'll say this, as if you're a, you know, husband, father, mother, you know, wife, we want to create homes where forgiveness drives the home. It's a, it's a home of grace, Right. And, and quick forgivers and, and not holding on to grudges because it's so easy, especially in marriage. Well, you did this. And as soon as, you know, your spouse brings up something that, they, that you did, you've got this uh, Rolodex of, yeah, yeah. Well, last Tuesday you did this. And last Wednesday you did this. We, we, we got to move past all that. Again, it's hard, but for being forgivers, we're forgivers as spouses, parents, let, let's, Let's demonstrate that in a lot of ways. And so I've got a little almost four-year-old daughter. I'm trying to teach her that, hey, I forgive you for that. Hey, will you forgive me? I got, I got mad. I got mad earlier. Can you forgive me for that? Um, I'm sorry. And then I, I forgive you for not listening to me. <laughs> I, I make sure she knows. Um, but we, we want to experience that. Otherwise, that stuff, that stuff hangs on and it, it builds the quicker we're easy. Just some of the little stuff, the day-to-day stuff. Living with people, it's hard, but we got to be able to forgive too, even in those smaller ways uh, that, that unfortunately yeah. lead to bigger things too. That's a, um, <clears throat> something Madeline and I try to do is actually say, I forgive you um, yeah. when one of us apologize to the other versus, because I think maybe we learned that in our premarital counseling we did, but it was essentially like, you need to communicate verbally, I forgive you when one of you apologizes to the other. So, and sometimes we don't necessarily feel it. And sometimes, because forgiveness is an intentional thing that we may not feel. It's not this passive thing we just, oh, no, I feel like forgiving you. It takes intentional effort. So when we've tried to make this habit of, if I need to apologize to her for something, at some point in the near future, say, hey, I forgive you for that. And she lets me know that versus, Mm -hmm. ah, it's fine. We try to avoid saying, oh, it's fine, but actually saying the words, I forgive you mm. and intentionally communicating that so we can reconcile, even in the small things. So we've tried to, we tried to build that pattern and it's been, it's been really helpful for us. It's great. Yeah. Cause just say, um, oh, I'm sorry, my bad. And then, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's okay. And they're really still upset about it. Yeah. But actually, all right, I forgive, I forgive you. I'm letting it, I'm letting it go. And then that's a whole nother topic, but us actually meaning that we're sorry. <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. Changing some of the, the behavior. Um, so that's a, a topic for another day. But but yeah, I think being forgivers very simply day to day within our household and then even at work, forgiving people. Hey, my bad. Hey, I forgive you. You know, all, all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so Luke has to forgive me all the time. So <laughs> and vice versa. <laughs> that's part of the deal. Part of the deal. Um, all right. Thank you so much for for listening today. Great job from Luke. Uh, it's been a, a, a yeah, it's a, this is a, it's a tough, tough topic, but I, I think I think it's a very important thing to evaluate, talk about, 
and bring to the Lord and ask him, okay, God, who am I not forgiving? Who am I still holding on bitterness and anger and a grudge against? And, and, and asking him to help us process that. So it's, it's key. The big, the small situations, relationships that need to be mended. And, and who can I seek reconciliation with? Um, so I hope you'll consider that and uh, pray about that as well. But thank you so much for listening. I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It Podcast.